Welcome back. My name is Kit. My name is Madison. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, just three faith births talking about movies. A couple of degenerates. Mm-hmm. And Madison. In me. Who is genetically perfect. of invalids. <laughs> Madison, thank you so much for being willing to be seen with a couple of degenerates like us. Don't we worry. It's, it's, been your a, ladder. it's been a very humbling experience being, you know, with you guys. <laughs> That's, I bet. That's the kindest thing anyone could have possibly said. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it was humbling. It's very humbling. Reminds me of the words of my mother. <laughs> Birthing you. Humbling experience. Humbling experience. <laughs> Just a reminder that life <laughs> finds a way. <laughs> but we are talking about Gattaca, uh, a film from 1997, written and directed by Andrew Nichol, uh, a, a Kiwi, and <laughs> mm. starring Ethan Hawke, Yummy. Uma Thurman, Jude Law, uh, the guy from Breaking Bad. Gore and, Vidal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, who was in it for like a, a shocking second? Ernest Borgnine? <laughs> oh, uh, Alan Arkin. Can't Alan forget him. Oh, can't forget Alan Arkin. There was a couple cameos that took me aback. Uh, but yeah. Uh, a lovely- Tony Shalhoub. Yes. Yeah, Tony Shalhoub popping up for a hot second. A lovely little sci-fi film uh, from the late 90s. But this is a Patreon pick, a patron-demanded movie. Who chose this movie, Steve? Uh, it was chosen by none other than Alexis Adler. Ad- oh, Alexis. I didn't yeah. even know that. Yep, this was her choice. One of the best Halloween costumes I've ever seen. Yeah, she uh, heard her husband, boyfriend, Winnes Tron. Husband. Husband, Winnes Tron. I said oh, that confidently. Oh, that's really cool. 80% knowledge. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, Tron Legacy. Yeah, uh, they made their own like Tron suits, and it looked that's killer. Sick. Yeah, yeah. They, were, they were amazing. That's they were amazing. Uh, have you guys ever seen this movie prior to this recording? No, I actually didn't know this movie existed. I had seen this once prior. Once prior, your second viewing. This is my second viewing. I got to say, Steve, you got to follow Steve May on Letterboxd. Uh, <laughs> it oh, ha- yeah, it happened again. <laughs> it was one thirty in the morning this morning. I finished the movie. Probably my third watch. And I'm packing up my Steelbox 4K, putting it back on the shelf. I walk over all happy. I'm like, Steve's going to love this movie so much. <laughs> oh, no. He loves the sci-fi. I yeah. do love the sci-fi. And he, not not just that, but this is a sci-fi neo-noir. There aren't that I many. I love neo-noir. There aren't mm-hmm. that many. Yeah. The only other one I could think of at the moment, Strange Days counts for sure. But then there's A Blade Runner, mm-hmm. one of Steve's favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, my buddy Steve's going to love <gasps> <laughs> he didn't now his rating system is such that oh. he, he might have quite liked the movie and still given it what Wait, he gave it i'm on my letterbox i'm now talking about him like he's not here and hello steve i don't me. see Hi. i don't see your score i gave it a two and a half stars out of five. Oh. so let's start with you you son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> you piece Tell of us, shit explain those two and a half stars please now to be clear i don't think anyone except maybe alexis likes this movie as much as i do um, so it's not like a, it's not like you gave, you don't know me blade. Run- no, that's what I'm I don't think it's not like you gave Jurassic Park two stars or something like, right. shock, you know, like what? Who doesn't like Jurassic Park? Yeah. Right? But still I'm curious because I think I thought I knew you. <laughs> Clearly you don't know me at all, sir. Uh, what was your experience like watching Gattaca for the first time? So for the first time, I don't even remember watching it for the first time because I watched it years ago but it didn't really leave an impression on me. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember it at all. But I know I've seen it like years ago. Cause again, some, I remember it was, I rented it from a blockbuster. That's how I saw it. Uh, on VHS. Throwback. Uh, it was a DVD. Oh. It was a DVD. 
because uh, I think I watched it for the first time in the mid aughts. Okay, um, that was I didn't I didn't see it in the nineties when it came out. Uh, so going into it today, Alexis suggested this, and I was actually really excited. Like, oh, I don't remember watching this, but I love the idea of it. I love the cast. We kind of ran through the cast is amazing. So I was really really excited to get down into it and watching this movie. I gave it two and a half stars because I think it's good. I think it's really good. I think in the 90s, it was very, very good. Uh, but unfortunately, it's one of those things where I watch it and I'm very frustrated by this movie because I think there's a really fucking killer, great movie in here. But there are choices made and story elements that are focused on that I, for me at least, detract from it. Mm-hmm. It just keeps it's like, I don't like that. I think that's dumb. Why are they focusing on this? Why aren't they focusing on that more? Like, I think the... The the I think the most interesting story to me in here is the relationship between um, Ethan Hawke and Jude Law's characters. How, like he's willing to give up his personality to this person who has this dream. I think that's the most important part of the story. But in a weird way, that story's kind of held at arm's length for the most part. Mm. It's and it feels weird. We're like, let's focus on his this love uh, relationship with Uma Thurman. I love Uma Thurman. Um, but I wasn't super interested in that storyline. And then there's the whole, there are a couple of things that are hand waved away specifically with the murder plot line. Like there's this whole, like we'll get into it, but there's a point in the movie. I'm like, fuck off. Really? That's how they're solving this. Okay. And, and then the, the biggest issue with me is, is the resolution with the brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause like, here's this really, really smart uh, story about, you know, I love the post, uh, not post-apocalyptic, the dystopian scientific world where genes are the, uh, there's this great line he has where like, we got prejudice down to a science. I think mm-hmm. that's super cool. Well, not prejudice, but I love the idea. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of like, this world is super neat. And you've got this really great story about giving up your identity and taking identity. I think that's great, but I hate how the movie kind of just, the crux of the movie is just a dick measuring contest between two brothers. Like that to me is like, come on, I don't, you could have not had the brother come back at all in this movie. And I think it would be better for it. Mm. Um, but so, so that's why I gave it to half stars. Cause I felt like there's a, there was something really, really great that they didn't, they didn't make the right choices and what to focus on. I, and I, but, but I think there's a great foundation. We talked last week at Bloodsport, like movies you wanted to be remade and you wanted Bloodsport to be remade. I would love this to be remade in a modern day context and just focus on, you know, more interesting things than two brothers like i bet i could swim farther than you uh so that's that was my frustration and why i gave it two and a half stars overall okay yeah okay madison this is this is your first so this is my first time i i had no clue this movie existed and i think you had told me uh that this is kind of how uma thurman and ethan hawk met slash like yeah, because you have to romance? love this movie for no other reason than it is the reason Maya Hawk exists. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? You know? Yeah, they um, met on the set of this movie, and Maya was born a couple of years later, I think. Oh, shit. Like, yeah. they, they quick. And then they were divorced by 2005. Oh. <laughs> such a short-lived romance. Um, I, I had a good time with this movie. I kind of agree with you, Steve, that there were a lot of component, components to this movie that, like, I liked the sci-fi. I liked the idea of like, oh, you're being judged by your genetic makeup versus, you know, who you are as a person. Um, I also agree that they could have leaned into it more and kind of retracted away from the Uma Thurman uh, love plot. But I feel like they had to do that. I don't know, because it's a late 90s. 
it wasn't a low budget movie, but it wasn't a big budget mm-hmm. movie. So in yeah. my producer brain, I'm like, I think they needed to sell it, um, which is partially why they pushed so much into it. I think a remake would actually be really cool. Um, but as a series, yes. like having it yeah. be a, uh, like instead long of making series. a series about the Santa Clauses, you make a series <laughs> about Gattaca. I think that's much exactly. more worthy of a series. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But what I really liked about it is, so I'm not usually one to dive right into sci-fi for some reason. I don't know why. Um, I So maybe it was catered to people like me that needs a love story in order to enjoy sci-fi. But honestly, I, I liked the concept of like the moral dilemma of, you know, identifying somebody from birth, like their capabilities and like kind of giving them a path prior to them even getting the opportunity to try. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a very interesting moral dilemma. Um, cause they have those like booths set up where you're, where the woman's like, I just kissed a really good one and they're like swabbing her lips to see like if he's at a good genetic yeah, match for yeah. her and So stuff. it's like, I like the idea of like expanding on it's like creeping their, like taking the Tinder profile and then going through their Facebook and Instagram and being sneaky and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the new version of that, which not to <laughs> brag on myself, but I'm very good at finding <laughs> hinge dates on like social media. Anyway, besides the point, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no, I, I liked this movie. I think there were some issues wrong with it in terms of like how much emphasis they put on certain plot points. Um, but on, when I first like dove into it, I was like, this is kind of giving me severance energy. Did you uh, guys okay. feel that? Uh, with I, the I workplace kind of plot? Yeah, yeah. Like, sure. like yeah. going in um, a little and also like 1984-ish. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's just the people like all lined up in matching suits doing yeah. the same thing yeah. in like these brutalist architectural buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what Stephen, maybe you're kind of alluding to this too, but it's like the movie has such like high, like deep, high thought processy like plots, but they kind of dumbed it down into mm-hmm. like kind of like a hug. Like, <laughs> yes, this exists and this is like very scary and like can yeah. really ruin a, a person's life, but it's like, here's one example of like how it can work out, you know? So like, that's kind of how I would interpret this movie. It's like high thought, not high thought, high plot, high, uh, high concept, high concept. Yeah. And then they're just like, but it's okay. You don't need to know all that. You can just enjoy this weird murder, this love story and this weird brotherly energy between Jude Law and Ethan Hawke and the weird fruity doctor that likes looking at dicks. (laughs) Mm. Oh man, that dude, Lamar. Have I told you about my son? <laughs> that's great, my, I wish you would. Great dick, though. By the way, before I get into my son, I just want to talk to you about that dick. That's my first note. Nice dick. <laughs> first I, note. I that love threw me off. How do you re- respond to that? It's Chekhov's dick compliment, though. I do. <laughs> oh, because he's been noticing he holds with his left hand. Yeah. I think that is crazy. That he's like, yeah, I knew you were invalid because you're holding your dick with the wrong hand. But also, trust me, I'm a doctor. A lot. <laughs> trust nice. me, I'm a doctor. That's a nice dick, though. Hey, uh, nice. Wish like, my parents would have bought me that one. <laughs> just kidding. I know that's a faith dick. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. It's just like he went through all of that effort to become this other person in like genetically all of the. But you hold your dick with the wrong. There's hand. no undoing how you hold your package. But how do you respond to that? A doctor looks you in the eye. And says, in a clinical setting, you have a very nice dick. Some great equipment you got there. I tried to think about this. All, I was up all night. Am I going to be mad? Honestly? Or are you like... No, probably not. Thank you, sir. 
I'm a little taken aback. I feel uncomfortable, sure. But thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I guess. The- I mean, he's an expert. He would know. <laughs> Literally. Exactly. <laughs> That's what makes it. It's like in his expert opinion. It's this beautiful. is an upper echelon dick. <laughs> I thought a lot about it. It's weird that he immediately wants to talk about his son, though. <laughs> Lamar. Speaking of great dicks, let me tell you about my son sometime. Yeah, Lamar. I think Lamar's a little fruity. I'm, I'm, I'm just there's a little bit of undertone fruitiness. in What Lamar. a man can't just tell another man he's got a nice cock without you making it weird. <laughs> I'm not making it weird. I'm just saying he's a little fruity. Everyone's a little fruity. I tell Steve all the time. Yeah. We constantly give each other props on our penises. Mm-hmm. I'm like, because sir. Because you send each other dick pics as back and bro- forth? Yeah, just like, hey, what do you think of this angle? Yeah. Right. Uh, do you think she'll like it? Like, you bro, know? I, I think I got the crick out of it. And he's like, take the... <laughs> <laughs> and he says, he says things like, bro, I, I think the bow's a little much. Oh. Things like that. Right. You know, it's like, why did you, why did you die? Why did you frost tip your pubes? Man? <laughs> bye, bye, bye. <laughs> Doing a little insane thing. Kit, what was your overall thoughts of this movie? I adore this movie. Um, I think for, because specifically because of the writing, I think this script is very impressive uh, from a writing, which seems to be the opposite way that you guys feel in, in many ways, mm. which is fine. Um, I think a lot of the um, issues that you guys might have are a product of the uh, film noir uh, homage, you know, mm. especially the love interest, the love story between Uma Thurman's oh, character. Sure, yeah. I mean, you've got to have that to be a noir. Yeah. yeah. Um, the detective, you know, the only th- the reason I gave it a four point five out of five is um, the way they wrap up solving the killer. He mm. just like. Now that the launch is unavoidable, I'll turn myself in. Why? They weren't going to catch you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, th- th- that's the thing that made me so irate was, A, I think the movie needed to show that that guy was a son of a bitch before he got murdered. So, like, you actually care about the murder case other than, like, there's a body. Yeah, yeah then, we don't even know who that body is. Yeah, like, I don't, I, I mean, that means nothing to me. But then at the end, like, when the murder happens, the Hoovers come in, which I love that. That that joke because they have vacuums and it's J Edgar. Yeah, yeah. right. And, and, <laughs> and I just love how like a one person gets killed in like this world's version of NASA, and then like okay, the entire FBI get down there, get on your matching fedoras and trench coat, boys, get in our little electric cars, like go wee, and we're going down to Gattaca. But yeah, they show them vacuuming all this shit, taking all this DNA, and not once did Alan Arkin go, "Hey guys, did anyone actually take samples from the body?" <laughs> Because that's like there's he spit on him. That's how they found him was he spit on the body at some point. They found his DNA. And then he was like, I confess it was me because you can't stop the launch now. That was the thing. I'm like, really? You guys vacuumed every keyboard in fucking sight. But you can't just go, oh, there's stuff on the body itself that could lead us to the killer. Well, I that was the thing. The that way I, I took weird. it was like they missed it and they went back through because there's like lots of blood and they, you know, lots of their own guys fluids yeah, on well, there. They obviously missed it. But the way they film it is Alan Arkin looking at the body like, is that spit? Like, <laughs> sure. like they would have caught it. Yeah. I mean, and you make this point of like, you know, they went through excessive effort to vacuum the entire facility, but they you know, because they have the technology to identify, you know, genetic shit, material, you know, material, whatever. Mm-hmm. Refuse. But they didn't like hyper scrub 
the body, you know, like yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Hmm. I, I think it's a very smart script and it lets you pick up things on your own gradually because it opens with him shaving and tweezing and, you know, and mm-hmm. scrubbing the shit out of all the love dead the, skin cells. Love the sound design of that sequence, by It's the just way. him mm-hmm. exfoliating like a motherfucker. But like the, 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 the super zoomed in, like the hair I follicles hitting the ground. And goes, yes. Boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom. I thought that was cool. And you're like, what is he doing? What's going on? And he looks, I mean, he's a very handsome man. He's very well built, if I do say so myself. I see what Lamar was talking about he's got in this opening penis, sequence. Yeah. And and so <laughs> it takes you a little bit to find out he's not one of the, you know what I mean, until he gets over to the voiceover that he's not mm-hmm. the genetically superior augmented person. Yeah. Uh, he's a faith birth. Um, I just love the way it all gets gradually revealed. You don't know the dynamic between uh, he and, and Uma Thurman's character early on. And I thought Uma Thurman was uh, going to be the killer. So again, I, I didn't yeah, remember this movie. I, so the whole time I thought like, oh, Uma Thurman killed him. Yeah. At no point did I suspect like the boss guy. <laughs> it's but a it, gore yeah. down the whole time. But it, it, re, <laughs> it recolors the sinister nature of like when he says, uh, it's very sad, but we got a business as usual for sure. You know, and then those scenes change a bit. Uh, but there's so many little things that you're right. You said you joke about Chekhov's nice dick. <laughs> Everything in this script is like that. It's all brought back. Um, even the fact that he, um, his eyesight, his, his eyesight is terrible, by the way. Very bad. I was like, I know I have perfect eyes, so I can't, I don't know what that's like. Brag. Nor do I. But I'm saying like, I did not expect someone to take their glasses off and like be as fucking blind as that dude is like, is that a thing? Oh yeah. yeah. I, I kind of He's forgot. basically blind. Like yeah, he, he had mentioned that he had less than ideal eyesight, but when, yeah, when he takes his contacts off and you see his point of view, you're like, I didn't shit. fucking know you were legally blind. Yeah. Holy shit. He could like, be banging Lamar and think it's bad. Uma Thurman. That's how blind he is. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar's like, yes. Uh, yes, I'm Uma Thurman. <laughs> <laughs> Call me Irene, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, and like when the, his old janitor boss, there's so many little things that I want to touch on that like make me obsessed with this movie. Uh, like his old janitor boss walks by him and looks him right in the eye and you can see Vincent kind of... <gasps> gets scared, doesn't recognize him because in this world, nobody thinks about stuff like that. Like if you, and it's, it's trying to say like the trappings of power, like just dressed a certain way. Yeah. Like it's a class, it's a movie about class and, and he's not even going to question it because he's not worthy of questioning it. And so you want to take your trash, sir. And that scene would have been important just for that reason alone thematically. Mm -hmm. But he also took the cup, which is analyzed later and really brings the full force of Alan Arkin down upon them. Yeah. (laughs) So it's important Mm -hmm. plot wise. And that's, fucking hard to do when you're writing a script to work things in and out and weave it that way. And they do it repeatedly. Um, the little track marks and scars on Jude Law's arm mm-hmm. when he's uh, supposedly successfully tricking the cop and crawling up all those stairs. But the detective sees that and realizes, oh, you are the body that he keeps giving him the blood. That's he immediately knows what's going yeah. on because he sees the track marks there. He's a blood bag. It's not even remarked on, which is the, the sign to me of a great script when you don't have to call people's attention to stuff like that. You can just notice yeah. it or not. Fuck you if you don't. Mm-hmm. And I, there's shit like that all throughout this movie. Um, and the scene, yeah. that, um, the scene that you didn't like, I'm very surprised. Um, which beca- one? The swimming thing. Oh. Because I, in my opinion, that is the thematic linchpin of the entire movie is the fact that his brother has privilege that he didn't earn mm-hmm. and is so baffled, it, it like emotionally destroyed by the fact that he can't win when everything in life has given him the ability to win. There is no scientific reason 
his whole worldview is just upended by the fact that his little brother keeps beating him. It doesn't make any sense to him. And then we find out my favorite. Uh, I don't want technically older brother. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's right. You're right. Well, he grew so much faster than him so quickly that it, yeah. <laughs> which is another great scene. Took him. Uh, like just a little touch of uh, his dad being so much more proud of and like changing his name. It's like, oh, no, not Anton. It's uh, Vincent Anton. That's a strong name because he doesn't yeah. want this dud kid to have his name. Right. Um, which is how the whole world treats them. But then he when he turns to him at the end of the movie during that last swimming scene and he's like, you, you know how I do it? I never save any energy for the swim back, right? Mm-hmm. It's so, it gives me chills because like I have to try, I have to be willing to die. I have to try five times harder than everybody else to get anything done in, in the world that where everything is just handed to you. And that's why you'll never fucking beat me because I'm, I've had to live my whole life this way. Um, because science can't predict the triumph of the human fucking spirit. <laughs> and it might be a little <laughs> hokey or whatever, but it it's right up my alley. I love shit like this. And I love that, that idea that I'm willing to drown. That's why you will never beat me. You know, mm-hmm. um, it reminds me of this documentary I watched called uh, Just One Mile. I, I talked about it on the show a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the guy that keeps winning that race every year is this ex uh, Navy SEAL. And he has this goofy quote that he says all the time. Uh, but he's like because he, t- he gets in the minds of all the other racers mm-hmm. and he's like, how do you beat a man who literally believes he cannot die? You know, <laughs> and it's like, that's hilarious. But also yeah. like, yeah, that's true. Like he's willing to run until his heart stops. Everybody else should just give up because they're not. They're just trying to get props and a trophy or do something cool or push themselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. This dude is psychotically unwilling to lose, you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So that's my thoughts on like the, the swimming motif and the whole fact that like they show the detective before you know who he is. When that little practice swimming pool, it's got like a current. Oh, he's obsessed. He, like his brother beating him fucked his whole life up. I you didn't know what even I mean? think about that. That's why he's in there's house swimming on his off time. I mean, <laughs> did you guys know that that was the brother? Because it was a it was a shock to me. The I was like, Ooh. I can't remember the first time I watched it. I think I was fooled. Uh, but I knew watching it last night because I'd seen it. I, I had completely forgotten that that was the brother until he. Because I thought the the detective was acting really weird. Cause like, because at first you're, you you think, okay, that dude knows what he's fucking talking yeah. about. Alan Arkin doesn't, but then at a point he's like, because he's trying to protect his brother. Exactly, and that's thematically important too, because otherwise they would have caught him way faster. Yeah, you know. And so uh, when he started acting weird, I was like, okay, this there's something going on here. And then finally, when he yells Vincent down, I'm like, oh wait, that is the same actor as his brother. Ah, oh, I think he just has one of those forgettable faces. I guess well, it's like Clark. <laughs> it's like, do you remember Dean Cain's Superman? Like, yeah. yeah. If you said Dean Kane, if you slick the hair back, they, you can't recognize him. Right, right. That's the thing. absolutely true about this guy too. <laughs> yeah, I, it's uh, I, like I understand what the motif is, but I, I for whatever reason, like it just seems so distilled in the wrong way to me. It just, mm-hmm. it just felt petulant rather than which it is because his brother's like, like, like you said, everything you said is true. Mm-hmm. But to me, like I felt it would almost be, I don't know, it would be worth more if the brother was like he had learned something that day and that's mm-hmm. why he was protecting him or like he believed in his brother. It just seems so weird to like do all this stuff to protect his brother and then go, you want to go, bro? Let's go on the shores right now. <laughs> Let's fucking do it. I'll so hard. And then the whole, like, I never save anything for the flight back. I'm like, well, obviously you do because you do swim back and you, you swam back carrying him. So, I mean, what are we, yeah. doing? What are we so- doing here? And then the, the other thing, and I'm sorry, Madison, oh, like, no, 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 the thing good. that drove me nuts is they're like, I have a heart condition, 99 percent i have a 99 percent of a heart condition right 
And there's that scene in the movie where he is running and he's keeping his composure. And then as soon as the recording ends, he takes the thing off yeah. and his heart's like going crazy. But the whole time I thought the message was going to be like, he actually didn't have a heart condition the whole time. Cause it didn't seem to really bother him ever. Like he's obviously swimming better than his brother. And if he did have a heart condition, I think it would show. And the whole time, even though this is the future, they can take your blood when you come into work. None of them are like, let's hook him up to an actual echo machine. You know, <laughs> like just, there's easy ways to figure out if you have a heart condition or not. I don't know. It just seemed really contrived that one in this, in this movie about hard sci-fi, that was the one thing that I'm like, well, if this is true, this would also be true. Well, mm. I, I would like to rebut that, but I want to let Madison. Well, no, I was just going to say the, in regards to the swim, when I was watching this movie, I just took like subconscious, like type thoughts. I put, subconscious uh, type thoughts. <laughs> that's how, that's how I type, but I just put, they swim question mark. Good Lord. Ugh, men. Let me, <laughs> <laughs> let me prove to you how worthy I am. Not with words, but with my will to swim. <laughs> that's right. It's a bro just, thing. Yeah. I just, yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, with the heartbeat thing, I, I take it there's a lot to unpack there. But I, I think part, the reason they don't just check his heartbeat all the time, A, they are. And he's found a way to trick them with that as well by recording his his mm-hmm. ladders, um, Jude Law's heart. But also they're arrogant because they have the blood test walking through the door. They do all these things like they don't even look. I love the whole idea that they don't even look at pictures. He looks nothing like Jude Law. Right. And it's still, they never catch well, even, him. Well, even the photo of Jude Law, uh, Jerome Morrow, is that his name? Yeah, yeah. Morrow. The, the ID of Jerome Morrow doesn't look like Jude Law. No. It's, it's Correct. A, they've taken two photos of the two of them and blended them so that it looks like a key could pass. Like in post-production, they did that. But also, like, there's a point where uh, when Vincent's a wanted man and everyone is staring at Vincent's face with the glasses on, right next to him on his computer and he panics, but nobody cares. Yeah. Right. Like, and the, because you're so beneath them that they don't even see you. Right. Um, and that's the whole idea. And that's very much on, on purpose. But uh, I didn't take it. The, the fact that he was struggling to run to mean he does have the heart condition. I took it to mean he is not like a genetically uh, in, in bred horse of a He's man. He's not going to run through a wall. It's fucking hard for him to do what everyone yeah. else does naturally, but he can do it. You yeah. know what I mean? He just can't show that he's struggling uh, or he'll be caught. Mm-hmm. And I love that whole idea of like, you know, one out of a hundred, you know, people are the only people that can make it without the, like we, we, 99% chance that you're going to die at 30. Right. Yeah. And he's already older than 30. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one line I, that sounds cooler than it is. If you look it up, he says, <laughs> I'm already 10,000 beats overdue. And I was like, damn, that's dope. And I Googled how many times is your heartbeat a day? And it's like over 100,000. Like, so you're like two hours <laughs> overdue? I turned 30 like two minutes ago. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. <laughs> Let's go swimming. Um, <laughs> um, but there's a line I love. And again, it's more of the subtlety, I think, that I, I'm obsessed with in this movie. There's a line uh, where he's uh, – Vincent's talking to Jerome and it's when he's supposed to be sick at work and he calls him and it's when before he has to crawl upstairs and he says, I'm supposed to be sick. Hurry up. And he says, so you keep telling me. And what he's talking about is that his heart is supposed to fail. But Jerome doesn't believe that he's an inferior person. Jerome yeah. thinks he's better than him. You know what I mean? Jerome like, loves him. I love that fucking line because that's the thing like Jerome is so impressed with him. And like yeah. lives vicariously through him. That's why I wanted more the two of them. Yeah, I get they, that. They are 
like They're if so Nolan directed together. this, it would be three hours long, and we would spend so much time in that house with those yeah. two, and it'd be fun. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I would, I would just, I, I think I just love Jude Law so much, and this is like peak Jude Law whisper actor acting that I just love. I'm obsessed with Jude Law. He's like, I'm, I'm, I, I could run through a wall, like just, oh, <laughs> I love it. If and, I could run, and that scene between the two of them, like, really kind of breaking down, like. Like, you know, I'm giving you my life, you know, what you have to do this for me. Like, that is such a good scene. And I just wanted more of that. And then him crawling up the stairs, like, that's when the stakes are highest for me. It's yeah. like, they're going to be found out. Don't hurt you, Law. Um, yeah. Which I thought, like, I, I I could see the brother brotherly love between the two of them, but I also kind of caught a glimpse of, like, jealousy. I don't know if you guys oh, felt yeah. this, but when... You know, that whole scene happened and Jude Law had to climb up the stairs and the investigator came in with Uma Thurman. I thought for a moment that Jude Law was going to expose Vincent Mm -hmm. because there was a part where, you know, he looked at Uma Thurman and was like, oh, hi, sweetheart. Where's my kiss? And like that power dynamic, like kind of over her made me think, oh, he's going to like blow the cover. Um but he didn't. I was kind of curious why they had that in there, to be honest. It didn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, yes, to show that they were seeing each other, but also did people know well, that they were seeing each other? Well, also, I think Jude Law's character is supposed to be, you get the idea that he's kind of a lecherous person. Like, before the accident, he was a little bit of a playboy, mm-hmm. like, hard, you know, hard. Hard, party hard. Constantly. And so it, it would kind of make sense for him to just, he is a little bit jealous. I think you're right, where he's yeah. just kind of like, I want to get a kiss from the pretty lady. I don't get mm. those that often anymore. Oh, he's extremely bitter. And yeah. that, okay. that's shown, I think, throughout. Like the, yeah. the when they go out to dinner and he gets too drunk and he's just like, mm. carry me, bitch, because your whole life's Dependent screwed if me. you don't. Exactly. Yeah. He's, he's like, help me. Like he's being an asshole, right? <laughs> and so he does that repeatedly uh, when Ethan goes on the, or sorry, uh, when Vincent goes on the date. Um, when he goes outside when he's not supposed to uh, and he almost blows everything by testing as Jerome Powell to that detective, the guy from Breaking Bad, um, <laughs> you know, he almost blows everything right there. And then he, he's so upset. He overdoes it like, what's your number? You know, you just can't stand how cool I am. Lamar loves my dick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Go ask him. Like he's being, he's not supposed to go outside at that hour. You know, he's yeah. just, he's, he's petulant. But it, you feel bad for him too. Cause you really, you do feel bad for someone who like did have this life and it's been taken away from them. And now he's, he's just stuck. And like, that's, wait, wait, a, he, that's a terrible position to be in regardless of your, he tried to commit life. suicide. Yeah. Which is another thing that I think the movie very wants, very much wants to drive home. It's like, this guy was genetically, uh, formulated to have every gift in life. That's not going to mm-hmm. bring you happiness necessarily. He yeah, fucking right. hated his life because all the pressure put on him by that. He got a silver medal instead of a gold yep. and wanted to jump in front of a car. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's super important to take note of. Yeah. Um, Madison, you look like I, you were having an epiphany over there. Well, I, w- I just looked at the IMDB casting cause I was trying to figure out where that detective was from. And he's from the Santa Claus series. No, he's the dad. Of Mrs. Claus. Who is it? Which detective? Uh, Hugo. Alan Arkin. Oh, Alan. (laughs) Yeah, Alan Arkin. That's your reference point for Alan Arkin? Yes. (laughs) I was trying to figure out where I've seen him before. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's your reference point for Alan Arkin. Yes, but anyway, let's not let's not let's get not off, harp on let's Santa not, Claus. Let's not get off Oscar track here. winning Alan Arkin. Oh, but that's not even it. that's not even the epiphany I had. The epiphany I had oh, was that Maya Rudolph is in this movie. She's the nurse. She's the delivery that's, nurse. That's the cameo I was trying to think of earlier. Oh my gosh! Just I saw her her name and I was like, the fuck? Just, Where the hell was she? Just baby Maya Rudolph. Oh in shit! There. That was Maya Rudolph. It's oh, wild. Yeah craziness it's wild uh, we also get the anyway the 12 fingered man implies that there's all kinds of genetically modified people that we haven't seen like mm. yeah that piece needs 12 fingers you know mm-hmm. so he just was made to be piano man the billy joel song mm-hmm. yep. uh, <laughs> um also th- we talked about the scene where he takes out his contacts and can't see anymore and i love that the tension in that scene is that they have to play irl frogger um <laughs> and he has to do it and I Blind. Love, I love that it's it's a uh, movie movie traffic where everyone will not fucking slow down or stop when a man no. is clearly walking in the like, middle of the street. Even if you could see, that's not a that's not a good place to cross. Into, oh sure. Like, no. What's the game here? And yeah. Irene did it flawlessly. Don't be a pussy. Come on. <laughs> She's like, we're gonna miss it. I'm not, not going to let you hit if you don't hurry. <laughs> Come on. We got to see the satellites. <laughs> is that what she was showing them? The satellites? Is that yeah. What? It's like when the sun was hitting the, the satellites yeah. as they. Your as eyes the look different. Out. I got to I guess I, it's the light. I got to say. Lamar told me I, you have a really nice dick. That's why I've been chatting yeah. you up. I, I, I got your hair follicles. Like that's the kind of work gossip you want going around. <laughs> you know? All, all of the, the women in the in what's the Gattaca up? are like, hey, Lamar, hey, Jer- what's what's the tea with uh, <laughs> Jeff over here? Yeah, you yeah. Know? He's like, mm-mm. What's yeah. Jerome packing? <laughs> oh, my God. It is noise. Girl, <laughs> go to his. Go to his desk. He's got a comb in there. If you don't believe me, pull a hair out, get yes. it checked. Dude's got a huge Aruni. All right. <laughs> it's not even the and size of it. It's just sculpted so it's well. And it's frosted got, tip pubes. That's right. Yeah. It's yeah. got that perfect curve, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. It's all about the angles, as we all know. This episode was brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, you know what's good for you, but your brain gets in the way and you just can't quite pull it off. Like when you're trying to fall asleep at night, you know, you got to get up at 7 a.m. You got to work. You want to go to the gym before work. But at 3 a.m., you're just thinking about hippopotamuses, hippopotami. I don't know how to pluralize it. It doesn't matter. You get the idea. So sometimes your brain's getting in its own way. You know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. You can help find the blocks in your life that are getting in your way. And BetterHelp can get you there. It can match you up with a licensed therapist to help meet your needs. If you don't like your therapist, you can switch free of charge at any time. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash streaming things. Gobble, gobble, stream fiends. It is the month of November and thus comes Thanksgiving if you celebrate it here in the States. But it's a month where we want to take a step back and just really appreciate and be thankful for everything that we have here at Streaming Things. One of the many things that we are thankful for are our patrons at all tiers, but especially our super patrons, which we shout out each and every month here on the podcast. Let's get to it. We are thankful for you, Sydney B, Becky the Farmer, Kaylee Sampson, Stanton Valentino, Anthony Corona, and 
Infamous, Brent Stradamus, it's a great name, Sunshine, Huckleberry Cauliflower, Optimus, Mike from New Hampshire, Brett X, Emily Scarano, Lil Tickler, Svento7, Jace Gramo, AK Ashley Ray, Adam Busby, Wendy O'Laughlin, Jason Hawkins, Big But Horny got an upgrade, Conrad, Rabbit Dog in a Barbie Car, Jose Ruben Cruz Rodriguez, Charlie Friday, Alexis Adler, Emmy, Joe Velez, Valerie, John Collins, Amanda King, Trisha Bueller, Sun Loving Mortal, Suzanne Road, Lauren Waller, Jadinklage Morgoon, Jen Robinson, Kalisha Reeves, Aaron Armstrong, Kevin Strother, Jeanette Murphy, Ashley Powers, Stephen the Fifth, Casey McCain, and Enza. And with that, let's get back to the show. Gobble gobble. The whole point of Gattaca, which, you know, cute name, right? All the DNA sequencing codes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the whole point of Gattaca is to send rockets to Titan. That's and, what they're doing. That's their newest mission. Yes. Not, yeah. That's not the only place. Theoretically, they go, they go other places. But sure. the, currently, they're they're off to Titan, as it were. Uh-huh. And I just love it's. Do you think like NASA, this is NASA's process? Like, all right, everybody go to your cubicle and just kind of type on your own flight plan by yourself. And then maybe if you run hard enough in the test in the other room, we'll send you in a rocket ship. When you show up to go on your rocket ship, show up in your suit and tie. You will not need to get into a spacesuit. <laughs> I just the whole uh, uh, what do you call it? The infrastructure. I think that's on this purpose. Plan is, I think it, it is too. No, it's not a. It's not a. It's not me dinging the movie. Okay, I found that like highly enjoyable. Yeah, because this is like 1950s. Even the cars. It's yes, yeah, 1950s like futuristic. Yeah, the cars are yeah. old to us, but yeah, supposed to be like me. They don't have like a little space car noise. <laughs> they all sound. Like a, yeah, they sound like land speeders from uh, Star Wars. And everybody's dressed like a greaser and shit. Yeah, um, I love it. Tell me more. Tell me more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, d- I did love that he just does walks he have in. a good dick <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I, I fucking love this movie i think it's i think it's powerful and uh, unfortunately very prescient i mean i think we're we're getting closer and closer uh because we can already kind of like genoism predict yeah isn't uh crispr is a thing isn't that the thing that you can pick genes from yes and it, we're getting closer and closer to something like this and um I think we're pretty far away in 1997 and we know we don't want eugenics. Eugenics is bad just to be clear. I mean, they had a whole war of that in Star Trek. And so, (laughs) and I love the whole idea that the way that they talk about genoism is so smart. Mm -hmm. Like, look, it's really illegal to hire somebody based on their genetic code, but But no one, no one, everybody does it. Yeah. One, one quick legal drug test and they know everything about you, you know? And so they're all janitors and stuff because they can't get a fucking real job because Oh, they, there's a 62% chance they're going to die in their 50s, so why bother training them? Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like their, their fate is already chosen for them at, at birth. And the whole point of the movie is that that's wrong because they're, there's better people they're not even considering, right? Yeah. Which yeah. we do in other ways in this current world already without the, the genetics. Um, oh, you didn't get a college degree, so... I'm not going to let you work at Chick-fil-A. Sorry. Like what? You know, (laughs) right. That's a whole thing we deal with already. So anyway, I did laugh really hard. There's a scene where, um, so, uh, uh, Victor's born and that his parents want to have another child. So they go see another doctor, the quote unquote right way. Um, and it's this doctor who's like, Hey, I just, uh, I took the liberty of taking out some really bad genes, like, uh, addictive personalities and, uh, 
early violence early baldness and i and and this is a bald actor saying this and i thought like ooh, i feel like that's a personal thing that this personal doctor's like some self-loathing i just i don't want them to be bald that's gross like me i'm also an alcoholic yeah (laughs) i have a very addictive personality Mm -hmm. love chips love them and dip can't get enough. <laughs> Can't get enough of the dip. His parents are like, well, we want to leave. By the way, that's Casey Jones from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, playing Vincent's <gasps> dad. Shut oh, shit. Oh, my God. Have you seen the live action TMNT? Yes. <laughs> Only shit. number three, which I, I know is so bad. <laughs> I love but that I, for you. I, I, but that just blew my mind. Yeah, oh Casey my Jones. God. I mean, he's a, a very accomplished actor, but that's what I is recognized he? him from. Mm-hmm. Everybody Shut in this movie up. was super successful after this yeah um except for alan arkin who was already super only successful. did the santa claus yeah. uh <laughs> and didn't win oscars or anything it like that nothing else <laughs> yeah he didn't win an oscar for little miss sunshine it didn't happen oh my nope. gosh oh yeah i've seen that movie with him too mm-hmm. I, he was just like in my brain i'm like i've heard this man's voice before i can't remember what it was from <laughs> And it's the Santa Claus. Leave me alone. I let me just live. In the, the Madison, too. you're my favorite. Let me live. Uh, I guess. I, let me exist. Let me exist. I, I wish there was also more Tony Shalhoub. Like I wanted, I wanted to see more of that Shaloub. underground, like fixer world of like connecting people. Like I, uh, it's I, Monk, baby. Yeah, like fucking Monk. I would have loved to like imagine Monk in this world where they're like. Picking up hair follicles and shit, Monk would go crazy. Mm. Oh yeah, he'd be yeah, upset. He would not like this oh, world. Oh my goodness, yeah. there's lots of skin cells. I mean, when I first looked at the not the summary, but just like the what's it called? Like the logline, the synopsis. synopsis not yeah. yeah, to kind of you know lure people into the movie. I was kind of shocked that it was only an hour and forty six minutes because, and I think it shows. I mean, we've kind of alluded to it, but like again just the high concept there's a lot of cool things they could have explored but they they didn't and so i was shocked like oh wow they've only given like it's less than two hours long and there's a lot of stuff for them to like explain and cover um i wouldn't i wouldn't fight this being a uh, a 10 episode limited series on like apple tv plus yeah I think um, that'd be good. Adapted for a modern audience that probably hasn't seen this movie and would get a huge kick out of some twists and stuff. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I'm not against that at all, but I do think I put this up there. I mean, this is it's my kind of favorite genre. Like I love my Chinatowns, my LA confidentials, but also my Blade noir Runners. Specifically, you like noirs. I'd love neo noir and I like this kind of gritty, ugly sci fi is kind of my thing. Yeah. It's everybody's mm-hmm. thing, but I, I appreciate my Blade Runners and my uh, Strange well, Days. Yeah, I appreciate a sci fi that leans into an aesthetic. So, like, this movie's leaning yeah. into the 1950s brutalism aesthetic, and mm-hmm. I think that really works. Um, yeah. There's a couple production things that I really appreciated to make because you, you take something old and they're trying to make it look futuristic. And they do that with the clean lines that's just inherent in brutalism. But then also, I love the. Um, there's a scene where they're driving in a tunnel and all of they've taken the headlights out of every single car and replaced them with green headlights. Mm. So the tunnel is just bathed green. in green and the cars just look different that way. And I, I kind of made a joke at it in, in, the, in the moment, but um, they, they're going through the traffic stop. And there's still the the orange traffic cones. I kind of made the joke in the future. We will still have traffic cones, but. Why wouldn't you? They're easy. Why yeah. wouldn't you? But I love the little touch of making them futuristic where they put the Halloween like fire lights in them. So they kind of like flickered <laughs> with light. <laughs> it's like, okay, I love that little touch. Like we got to make these look futuristic. Come somehow put a little light yeah. in them. And yeah. what about him getting through that by implying that he was going down on her? 
and yeah. wouldn't be able to give a DNA test. And then the her, she goes, <laughs> I wish. I wish. <laughs> Play your Wait, cards, what? right? Yeah, that's, I, that's, didn't, I didn't catch that. That's what he meant when he said, uh, oh, I wouldn't do that. It might be a contaminated specimen, if you know what I mean. Yeah, when they're trying to mouth swab him. Wait, with the that's hot. Stop. I did not catch up on that. <laughs> I been, thought it was he was sick. I was just giving her roadhead, bud. You're going to have to take the blood. <gasps> and, yeah. and she's like. <laughs> that's now my favorite part of the movie. I'm going to sit on it later. <laughs> It would have been. I think that point would have been driven home if the if the officer were like, <laughs> "My dude." <laughs> That's basically what he did. He didn't even bat an eye. He was yeah, like, like I, <laughs> "I got you, sir." Have a great evening, my dude. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for being an unselfish lover, my friend. Wow. Carry on. My my young brain that went over my head. <laughs> Why would oh it be contaminated? That, I love that. Like, thank you for being an unselfish lover. That's so great. Like, yeah. You're lucky. You're lucky. lucky yeah, like woman. he's like a non-toxic, you know, yeah, like, yeah. oh, that's wonderful. That's well, wonderful. That's, that's, I love this. No, love. he should have nuxed love, her. Love. Like, get a girl. Nice. Girl. Get a girl. You got yourself a prize. Yeah. You getting a bean licked while you driving? <laughs> <laughs> he's gorgeous. A, congratulations. B, we know he's got a beautiful dick. Lamar's yeah. a chatty bitch. <laughs> C, he's a navigator. Girl, he's got money. D, and he goes down. Honey. The roadhead. Lock him up. Lock yeah. him up. I love it. <laughs> Carry on. Amazing. I'll wait till I tell Lamar. The there was one moment in the love story that I because yeah that sly as fuck sure but at the end of the movie when she's like she I guess she went to his house and like fell asleep in her car with like the 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 hood up and she's kind of <laughs> leaned in and she wakes up and she sees him in the reflection of the car like just laying there. That was a choice. Horrifying. Oh, my God. <laughs> if you woke up and in the reflection, there's Ethan Hawke just like, hey. <laughs> Again. I brought you my hair. <laughs> my, my note for that is, Irene, girly, you sleeping in your car? <laughs> what? Yeah, what she, with, with, with the, the hood up. What, what are you doing? That's not safe. No. You drank too much. Also, you guys never passed out in your car? She looks so pretty in that scene. She looks She's beautiful she throughout the whole film. Gorgeous. And it was like, I, obviously she looks very much, uh, Maya Hawk looks very much like her mother. Yeah. That's never been like a secret, but like watching super young Uma Thurman and like the voice is yeah. fucking identical. It's, it's crazy. bizarre. Yeah. Genetics. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Holy oh. shit. Oh. <laughs> Why'd yeah. Vinny come out for that? Oh, oh. <laughs> bitch and butts. Oh. You were thinking of Maya. <laughs> hey, Always Vinny. thinking of her. <laughs> Vinny comes out. I don't hey. need to. Always thinking of Maya Hawk. The end of the movie, so he, he gets acquitted, right? He does the, the, the swimming with his brother and beats him. But then there's this scene where he goes back to talk to uh, Jude Law and Jude Law's like, hey, man, I want to show you something. And he goes into the the, the fridge where they keep all the samples. He's like, I've been pissing for months. I've been pissing for months, bleeding for months, jerking off for who knows how, like mm -hmm. any chance I could. I'm practically blind. Is this, this a jar of cum? Oh, yeah. I thought you might need it. I don't know why. <laughs> it's actually, there's more where that came from, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's only the sampler size uh -huh. <laughs> and it, it, there's just like the sweet kind of you know hey you know I, i'm i'm traveling too i when you get back you're gonna need this for your whole entire life and he's basically like saying like i'm gonna probably not be around anymore because i'm gonna kill myself which is really sure. really sad he gives him a note like hey don't open it until you go upstairs 
And in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's really sad. Poor guy. Like, mm-hmm. I really felt for him in that moment. And then smash cut. He's going in the fucking incinerator. I know. That's how he does it. And what the, the fuck? I love the editing of that where it's like he flips the switch, but it's the, the, the engines, the engine jets like going in the fire. Yeah. It's beautiful. Which I, you know, I'm not going to know why he did that. Right. So there's no, you know. Yeah, he's doing that evidence. for his buddy. Yeah, but I think that's really fucking oh, hardcore. It's, it's horrendous, but yeah. I, I, on purpose. And like the reason he can't just off himself in a normal gen- way, gentler way, is because that would ruin everything for Vincent. Yeah, and that, yeah. that makes it more sad. Yeah, that, that's like the most heartbreaking. That, again, that's why I keep going back to that. Those characters as like the crux of the movie for me, at mm-hmm. least. And mm-hmm. and I don't want to. I you know I'm not telling anybody how to do their job, but I think putting a a, a uh, an incinerator on button inside the incinerator is a bad design choice. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. I don't know why you would need it other than that. He had it purpose. fabricated that way just in case. Uh, well, yeah. that's true. He, he was eyeing he, that. He does call people a lot and order things. So yeah. yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I can see that happening. You're right. You got the wrong color hair dye. Everyone knows honey olive is two shades lighter. <laughs> no, I don't want to change. But then I do like how Ethan Hawke Sorry, I keep calling him by the actor's name. Vincent has his like natural hair showing by the end of the movie. Did you see that? Like the color? Yeah. No, I didn't notice a, oh, I didn't a notice shade change. Either. Yeah, I noticed. I think he was a little bit more blonder. Maybe he the, did use honey olive. Well, <laughs> yeah. But also I'm like, can he not change like the color of his hair and stuff like that? You know what I mean? I guess they're just trying so hard to, to keep him looking alike. Because he specifically is worried that any stepping out of that mm. uh, comfort zone in any way is going to give him up. So I guess that's sure. why he's so rigid in in being Jude Law, impersonating gotcha. him. But you're right. Like, really, what would be the point if it's like, hey, I decided to do something fun with my hair, guys. Yeah. Do you like it? You like it? Is, is it Lamar, my color? I'm a fall. Lamar, give me the truth. How does my <laughs> I know Lamar's going to tell me like this. Uh, yeah. Well, first, I got to tell you about my son. <laughs> and I do. He really I, looks up to you because I'm a chatty bitch and tell him about everything I do at work. He knows about your exquisite schlong. <laughs> and that's the thing that I love about this movie, too, is like everybody wants. It's just like our own world, like um, like demolishing the patri- patriarchy benefits men as much as it does women. Right. And that's what that's what goobers don't understand. Right. We can yeah. we can acknowledge that. Like the, there's a lot of expectations and shitty things put upon men in our own system, even though we're given most of the power and opportunities. It also, a lot of it sucks for us, right? As far as processing our emotions. And anyway, in this system, even the genetically superior hate this system where all that pressure is imposed upon them people. And that's reflected in the character of Jude, uh, of Jerome, right? Jude Law's character. Yeah, and Uma Thurman to an extent. But also Uma Thurman yeah. is like so grateful that he accepts her even though she has defects. And he's like, I don't even want to look at your genome sequence. And that's why she puts up with the fact that he's committing fraud and all this shit. And it's totally believable to me that she's just obsessed with him. Yeah. Um, because he's the first person to not even care, not judge her based on that at all. And then Lamar's character cares for his son, wants his son to have opportunities that mm-hmm. he's probably not going to have. And so Vincent's character gives him hope. Yeah. Like, God, I wish my son could meet you and see what you can do. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're, I've known this entire time and I just wanted to see, and like, you're crushing it. You know, your scores are better. You're testing higher and all this is bullshit. And so everybody wants freed from this system and that's why they're helping him. Mm-hmm. And I believe it. And that's, you know, it works for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I liked the quote that I think it was Vincent saying this to Irene, where he says, 
they have got you looking so hard for any flaw that after a while, that's all you see. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that reflects perfectly. But again, my subconscious thoughts typing, I said, LOL, me with any person I go on a date with. (laughs) 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 Not actually hit me up, but, (laughs) you know. You don't need eugenics to have that feeling. Exactly. Society itself does that to us. Yeah. 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 So I think that, and that's what sci-fi can do, right? Like Mm -hmm. use an external fictional world to make you take a hard look at your own. Mm -hmm. I think this movie was six. I don't know if it did well. That's that's when sci-fi is at its best is when it holds a mirror up to society. Yeah. And you learn stuff from yourself. The the box office. So the budget of this movie was 36 mil and the box office was uh, 12.5 million domestic. Pretty terribly. Yeah. Didn't do well. Pretty Oof. terribly. But it's well it's well regarded. It's got like an 82% on Rotten. And yeah, critically yeah. acclaimed, but not a yeah. boss, box office success. It, and he very quickly after this did, uh, had Oscar attention for Training Day. Mm. Um, this is when Ethan blew up. I mean, around here is when I, this is either right after I, the first, um, before sunset, right? I'm not or sure. Before sunrise? I don't know when those movies came out to be honest I think with you. the first one was like 95 and then they're every, yeah. ni- every nine years. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he was on a roll and I don't think, is I said this in my LBXD review, Flutterboxd, um, <laughs> if you're uh, uninitiated. Yeah. I, I don't think Ethan Hawke gets credit for being in so many near perfect movies. Mm. Like, you know, yeah. people don't often think about Ethan Hawke when we're talking about that, but this guy's in the Before Trilogy. He's in Gattaca, which I, I think belongs in there. He's in Training Day. Um, and he's in first reformed, giving one of the best performances I've ever seen in my life. I mean, but boyhood, sorry, boyhood. I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off, but would you say he's like kind of like prime indie actor? Oh, I mean, I, yeah. I do think he's one of the foremost talents of the screen and like, he's never going to be in the conversation like when most like, uh, people talk about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're going to talk about Anthony Hopkins, maybe Denzel. Uh, you're going to talk about. Philip Seymour Hoffman, you know, uh, fucking Jack Nicholson, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. Nobody's going to be like Ethan Hawke, but they fucking should. Yeah, Ethan Hawke's great. Uh, And he's like a super cool guy. Wait, what movie did I just watch with him in it? Black Phone? No, it was an older movie. Shit, hold on. Mm. It was about vampires. Flight of the Navigators? No, hold on. Which is a a funny. Give me a second. Thing for what this movie's about. Yeah. Give me a second. Hold he on. is a navigator. I'm just gonna keep guessing he's in Hawk movies right, and you can't keep, stop. Keep going. Me. Keep going. Let's see if what you else get we it. got. He I found it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to guess one more time? No. It's about vampires. Have you is this a movie I've seen and you haven't? A vampire movie. It's not sinister. What um, what was the year? Tell me the year. Two thousand nine. A two thousand nine vampire movie was with Ethan Hawk. Stars Ethan Hawk. Stars Ethan Hawk. He's like the main. I'm like, uh, yeah, he's the main guy. Have I not I seen like a vampire? I and I feel like man, I there's there's another guy in there that Steve you really that, enjoy. Give me the other day, Alan Arkin. No. <laughs> It'll give it. A, well, maybe I don't know. Sam Neill's in it. Okay. Oh, oh, oh in the mouth that. of madness. Nope. No, because there's a couple Sam Neill things I haven't seen. I and know. That's one of them. I know what your movie. What, Willem Dafoe is also it. in it. I can see the movie because it's one of those movies that Willem like Dafoe. is shot where everything's blue. Uh, <laughs> Sam Neill, Willem Dafoe, and Ethan yeah. Hawke. Yeah. Sam Neill's the movie? is Sam Neill the bad guy in it? Correct. Yeah. Am okay. I gonna go home and watch this right now? I don't know. I, what I, what I, is it? Because I, I like it's. I it's, can't think of the name, but I know I've seen this. It's called Daybreakers. Daybreakers. That's right. I actually haven't seen yeah. Daybreakers. Daybreakers. Okay. Is it good? <laughs> you don't like it? It's yeah. fun. It's a two thousands like action like vampire. That's movie. on my watch yeah. list. Ethan Hawke plays a, a sexy vampire doctor. I do. Like of course those. he would, because that's like who he those. is. But again, th- this movie also is, again, kind of another moral dilemma movie, but we're not talking about that movie right now. But I did just recently see another movie with Ethan Hawke, and 
yeah, he's he's definitely I don't want to say under the radar because he is a very like I would say he's a household name, but he's not. Yeah, he's not. I think he needs he's on the Pantheon, I think. And and he's very cool. If you listen to him talk, he's very um, he's a little bit of a uh, a rake. Um, Hello, a rake, a rake. Yeah, he likes to sex the ladies. Oh, OK. Have you seen that the, uh, there's there's a picture of him. Uh, I think he's either switching seats with his son. Yeah, the Rihanna. Yeah, and yeah. he's wanting to sit by Rihanna. Which, yeah. like, I don't blame him at I all. I don't either. Right? Like, yeah. I'm not a prude. I get it. There was but, actually, the, I saw an interview. It was him and Maya Hawk were doing an interview together, and someone brought that up yeah. to them. And, and she's like, that sounds like my dad. Yeah. He's like, ah. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. It's because they just, uh, he, she started a movie he directed um, that's coming out soon. And that's what hmm. that interview was for. But cool. he also, like, he just puts things in a way that, sound beautiful to me. Like somebody asked him about superhero movies. Cause they always try to get those clickbait lines from. Yeah. And uh, he was in moon Knight. Yeah. And he's like, oh, look, yeah, that's right. He's, he said it the best way you can ever say it. He's like, I don't look at it like expensive and I'm majorly paraphrasing and butchering it, but essentially it's like, you've got projects people put their heart in and projects people try to cash in on and you can tell the difference. And hmm. that's the only that's thing very... I look at when I watch a movie. Yeah. And, Fuck, that's a good quick way to say it. Like, because yeah. some comic book movies are great, and you can see some passion there. Yeah. You know, you can see some some Marvel movies that have a lot of passion and love. But also get that money, baby. Get that bag. <laughs> get anyway, that bag. I like the man a lot. I don't know him, of course, but I, I think um, he seems really cool. Well, and, let's, uh, I love his work. Let's get into a couple little segments here to cap this review of Gattaca off. Something we're going to try to do for future chosen Patreon movies. Uh, we're going to have a couple little segments at the very end to kind of wrap it up. Yeah, let's talk about our favorite moment. We'll go around the room. Steve, what is your favorite moment? I think I've alluded to this several times, but my favorite moment is probably... The dick reveal? The dick reveal. Oh, my gosh. It's exquisite. Have you seen it? <laughs> we love a good dick it's reveal. Like, it's like seeing the Mona Lisa for the first time. <laughs> it's got that little smirk and everything. Put that thing in the Louvre. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot smaller than I thought it would be. <laughs> By the Louvre, you mean my ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's. I hear it's in the back of the Louvre. So yeah, really get back in there. <laughs> People are always trying to steal it. Sometimes I hear what I say when you guys do. That was one of those times. <laughs> it's, it's, I love like, it. Like I don't have the that. look on your face. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> Why am I like you? This? You were disappointed in yourself at that moment. <laughs> but Steve, carry on. No, my favorite moment was just the, the meeting of Jude Law and uh, Ethan Hawke with Tony Shalhoub as the mediator. Mm -hmm. I love that little world. And then that kind of bleeds into the conversation they have where it's like, how do you deserve to be who I am? Like, I'm giving you my life. I That was the most interesting kind of conversation that this movie had to me. And it had the two these two great actors that had really great chemistry working opposite each other. And I just wanted more of it. I love that. Part. And then they gets like uh leg extendo clips put into his calves. Oh, oh Jesus. So yeah. That was crazy. Would that even work? I don't know. I don't know, but I think it's hilarious that he's supposed to be six one and Uma Thurman is towering over him <laughs> yeah, when they're three. going when they're going on dates. I think that Molly. is hilarious. Um, like you can't just add two inches to somebody's legs, right? Like, is that what makes someone taller is just longer legs? I don't, I I don't were, think so. I thought they were going to like do the whole, like, ex like stretch him stretch out. Stretch his whole vertebrae. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Or he put stilts in him or something. 
I also still... feel like, and I hate to say this because it's like what Steve okay, does. Okay, so the tall, uh, taller is what it's called. The taller procedure lengthens either the femur, thigh, or tibia, lower leg, between the one half and one millimeter a day for approximately three months, depending on the amount of amount of height you want. That's a real thing you can do. Apparently, can yeah. You, what, can we? Is there a longer? Well, I, apparently you just you have to do that incrementally. You can't do it like in the movie where they're like, "Here's four inches, bam." Yeah, boom. Yeah, he's just like walking on stilts. Anyway, I've got, that is a great scene, Steve. That's good, Madison. Uh, I feel like there's a couple of good moments. Um, I am a sucker for the love story. Got a lie. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I really, I think more just from a visual perspective, I really enjoyed when they went to dinner. Uh, I loved the venue that they had it in and Uma Thurman's dress. And then for it to immediately, it was just very, uh, I guess the noir element and like, you know, he goes out and he punches the guy and then like they kiss like that sequence right there was just kind of like this classical, like old timey movie feeling. And um, again, I just liked the visual of like where they were at for dinner in Uma Thurman's outfit. It was just very pretty. Um, but I think that's, that's my favorite moment. Yeah. The scene in, with them in the alley and, and they kiss the way the lighting is like, they have the, the it's shadow, almost like the Venetian blinds Hitch- noir thing. It's yeah. very yeah. Hitchcockian. Yeah. yeah. And, and, but, but the that, kiss, was that, a little... kiss, that kiss is like full Whoa. open mouth, like, I... <laughs> <laughs> he went in there. Thank my... you for audibly <laughs> making sense in my brain for what I was Maya was conceived Filming that scene from that mouth. <laughs> no, she was conceived be having sex upside down. <laughs> when she was conceived, it looked like he was trying to like put her whole head in his. It looked mouth. like he was trying to give her mouth to mouth, yeah. and it kind of threw me back. So I was like, I've had kisses like that in college. Like, what's going on? You can Blah. see like the real confused passion there. I I, yeah. I like that. It's not like an actor that's not willing to go there. Like where you do the where they kiss on the chin, and it kind of looks. Mm. Re- you know, some actors do that. Like I'm married, so you have to like kiss the bottom of the lip right here it's a whole thing if you watch some movies they do that they'll kiss the underside of the bottom lip with both of their lips oh and it's like a but i always find that like snooty like don't be an actor if you just want to be that way yeah you know like what, well, what are, like you, what being are you achieving adult, there be an adult about it like that movie him. with uh which jonah hill the shit came out about him afterward but with the romantic comedy with jonah hill and uh the lady uh something london that came out earlier but they had to digitally. She refused to kiss him, so they they made a digital. Oh yeah, kiss. and you can you can and see it. It's just it. their faces it's weird melding. Yeah, if you slow the frames down, it's <laughs> yeah, like ridiculous. Yeah, super weird looking. Um, like that's silly. Come on, man. Come on. Um, but any uh that would have been my favorite moment as well. I love it. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna switch it to the moment Steve hates with him swimming with his brother at the end, specifically when he turns around and tells him, "I never save anything for the journey back." Is why I win, right? I, I just it's powerful to me. Like. Mm-hmm. I go hard is, is what he's saying, basically. In and around the paint. I go mm-hmm. hard. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar knows. Mm-hmm. He does. Now let's talk about our favorite performance. We'll go around the room again. And I think there's probably only three choices here, unless you get real creative. Gore Vidal. <laughs> Uh, Lamar, Alan Arkin, Alan Arkin from the Santa Claus. Yeah, from yes. the Santa Claus specifically. <laughs> uh, Steve, who are you going with? I uh, think I know. I just yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. I'm going to pick Jude Law in this one. I think he's mm-hmm. he's just a tragic character, and I, he's just so sad. And I want to I want to help him to bed. He's just so good at doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Jude Law is great. Everyone, there's a ton of great actors in here. I mean, really, you guys could pick. I know we joked Alan Arkin, but hell, if you picked Alan Arkin, I wouldn't be upset. Mm-hmm. 
because dude's a treasure. So and that's my pick is Jude Law. Madison. I'm going to piggyback off Steve and say Jude Law's arms mm. for climbing up the <laughs> stairs. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, I think all three of those performances were really good. Um, but I, I have to say Ethan Hawke. I feel like, I mean, I know it's the obvious choice because uh, he's the main the main actor, but I think he did really well. Um, I think uh, just having this element of, I don't know, the the wanting to be something, but, you know, having to work hard. Like, I don't know. I feel like he, he did a really good job with, with his performance. Yeah. I, um, I agree. I'm going to go Ethan Hawke as well. Mm -hmm. I, either him or Jude Law yeah. is, it's just like an easy, easy choice. Yeah. Um, understandable completely. But I, I, I think I got to go my boy Ethan after that speech I just gave, uh, about giving him his kudos. It'd be funny if I was like, but fuck him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, I think this is an interesting question. Madison came up with it. Whose ladder would we want to borrow, i.e., whose identity would we want to rent? Who Now, you have to live with this person and then act like you are them. them. You are them. I forgot which pronoun I should use. Um, that's the question. Okay. Steve, who are you going to be roomies with? Uh, I think gonna, it's obvious what I'm going to choose. Uh, <laughs> I think I think my choice is going to be a hail mary for a lot of you guys. It might spin some heads here, okay? Uh, you know, but I spent exactly 30 seconds thinking about it. Um, but my choice, the person whose identity I want to steal, is Adam Sandler. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's a good one. A, I don't have to work too hard to keep up appearances. Yeah. B. I just get to hang out with Adam Sandler all day. Who? What does he do for a living? He makes movies with his friends all day, and people just give him millions of dollars for doing it. I'm picturing you in this like austere mansion, though, and then this wheelchair rolls around the corner, and it's hard at home. You want to make a movie? I know Jennifer Aniston. I got you a lot of pee. <laughs> This milk could be our milk. <laughs> yeah, like That's I won't have to work one. hard for appearances. You're hanging out with him all day. What does he do for a living? He just makes funny, dumb movies with his funny, dumb friends, and people give him millions of dollars for it. And you just have to wear like gym shorts and flip flops. That's all you got to do. It sounds like the the dream, right? Yeah, Madison. Wow, that's amazing. I I'm so torn because I was like. If I steal this person's identity, do I embody their skill set? Because I was I was thinking of like famous female singers. But I'm also like, I can't sing. So it's like, how much does that play into it? But I think I've decided I'm not gonna choose the the rock and roll singer route. I'm gonna choose Greta Gerwig. Cause I would yeah. love to direct films. I think that would be really fun, getting to work with different actors and actresses and then just kind of having that information seep to me by living with Greta and like kind of channeling her energy. I would more so feel honored than, you know, using it as my own like selfish, you know, ness. Um, but yeah, I think Greta Gerwig would be the person I would want to want to inherit their DNA from. Interesting. That's yeah. a great choice. I could see you Greta Gerwiging. You think so? If it was a verb you would do it, yeah. Greta Gerwiging? Mhm. Uh -huh. Like you got the taste in the like jackets. That. Oh, thank you. Hot Gerwig. Do summer. I do I embody her in Francis Ha? Because <laughs> that's kind of how I feel. Yeah, but also like you know that like behind the scenes viral photo of her directing the scene from Lady Bird. Oh yeah. With like the flannel like and the little, headset, a little disheveled, but like is still still oh, top tier, very top much. notch. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. That's that's honestly the best compliment I've ever received. 
Thank you. I'm just telling it like I, I see remind it. you of disheveled Greta Gerwig. Just Honestly, Greta Gerwig. I, I love that. Oh, okay. It's just her persona. Well, not disheveled, that. just not, you know, interested in and presenting herself in, in a way that makes you comfortable. Right. Dear well, audience. I appreciate you know? that. But if I was to go the the singer, songwriter, rock and roll route, I would have done Miley Cyrus. Oh, I thought I would have said Haley Williams. I thought Haley Williams as well, but I would embody Miley Cyrus just so I could make Miley Cyrus go on tour. Okay. I've already seen Haley. <laughs> I get to see Miley so are you, now. Are you going to assume her identity for precisely one day to announce a tour and then like, <laughs> yes, have your life back, girl? Yeah. No, because then you would get to live with her all the time. You wouldn't even need to go on tour. So you, well, you would I guess be, that's true. Oh my God, you would be actually living Hannah Montana. <gasps> <laughs> oh my gosh. Change my answer. Yeah. No, I think Greta Girl would be good. But like, yeah, Miley Cyrus was who I was thinking I would I would channel outside of that. But oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. I would be in real life Hannah Montana. Oh my oh, gosh. Crazy. The third season. Miley Cyrus is like rolling her eyes. She's like, jeez, oh, God. Please. She's not listening to the pod. But if I was living with her, my, Miley and right I, in. me just saying, you know, it's kind of, I'm like, it's kind of like Hannah Montana. She's like, shut up. But then me being such a, a Miley Cyrus stan and hyper obsessed, I'd be like, tell me to shut up again, please. Be mean to me. Step on me. Be mean to Step me. on me, Miley. Step on me. Step on my throat. Well, that got too deep. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Start reciting your fan fiction on the pod. I'm Keep sorry. that for was that Wattpad picture or whatever. This. It's picture this: Miley Cyrus <laughs> in a pirate outfit. Oh my god! Stop. <laughs> oh, I'm getting hot. Chris, you go. Kit, you go. I don't know. I mean, obviously, Kristen Stewart would be up there, right? Oh, but yeah. I don't think I can get away with that. Rocking all your Chanel. I think all you the could. Time. You, get, you got the cheekbones for it, and then just a wig. Keep. Yeah. I have to shave every morning, like. Ethan Hawke. Scrub your face. <laughs> they just go whatever, do whatever she does. You never see her. That's the whole point. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think if I was going to be like something I could really enjoy doing and maybe kind of more obviously get away with, I'm gonna go Pete Davidson. Maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I could yeah. see that. Just yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just hang out with people all the time. Yeah. The date super hot women. Date yeah. Kind of, yeah. Whoops. Have a little war going on with Yeezy. <laughs> and he's just sitting there smoking weed when I get home, you know? What's up? Hey, buddy, what would, you been doing? Yeah, I don't even <laughs> think he would care. No, he wouldn't. Let's buy a boat. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even know the arrangement. He just leaves bottles of piss and shit around anywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. I totally made that for <laughs> oh, yeah, I totally meant to do that. <laughs> yeah, so. That's a good pick, yeah. And we could all bring our buddies Around each other, we could have little parties, like, oh, like play we, Monopoly we and bring stuff. Bring our ladder, yeah, like people. Me, Pete Davidson, and then him and Adam Sandler, and then me and Greta Gerwig. Yeah, just hanging out, just all hanging. That'd be a fun party. That would be fun. That'd be a good. Uh, what's it called? Pass the pass the joint. Pass the pipe. Blunt, pass the blunt pipe. rotation. Blunt rotation. Yeah. What's that called <laughs> when you pass the joint? Because you normally don't. No. She's a hog. <laughs> Just like how I didn't know that Ethan Hawke actually went down on uh, Uma Thurman in that scene. Well, he didn't actually do well, it. Well, not actually, but he did later. He alluded to it. As soon as he incepted that in her mind, he made it happen. That is so sly. I think I kind of want to rewatch that scene. It's a great scene. It and I love good. how they do the green screen, green screen and green screen in the cars, <laughs> uh, like old 1950s style Hitchcock it's not a real road. It's just them in a car on a set, you know? Yeah. But like, normally I hate that, but I fucking loved the way it looked with him and Uma. Uh, and, um, 
Quentin Tarantino does it really effectively too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, ah, fuck it. This is cool. Yeah. Why not? Why not? But that, I think it's, uh, we're running out of time. So yeah. email the show at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. Follow us on all socials. Go to streamingthingspod.com to find more episodes. And you can get bonus content and episodes and be part of the conversation if by going to uh, patreon.com slash streamingthings mm-hmm. and subscribing in a variety of tiers. And you can go to our merch store. We're going to have new merch coming up real soon. Check that out, including a lost shirt, a kit laser decline to comment shirt. And maybe a holiday shirt in the near future. All kinds of fun stuff. Heck Thank yeah. you for tuning in, for sticking with us throughout the strike. We love you more than words can say, but that's all the time we have for right now. I've got to go return some videotapes. My name is Kit. My name is Madison. And I'm Steve. And this was Streaming Things. Happy streaming. Happy streaming.